It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now let's join our host, Ron Myers. Welcome listeners. Happy Passover. Happy Easter. I am so excited to be with you today. But before I begin today's show, I want to do a special shout out to all the first responders across the world. Yes, across the world. You know, the other day that I checked who's listening and we have people in France, China and Germany that listen to this podcast. So we want to thank all the first responders across the world. You are a blessing and we pray God's hand of protection will be upon you. I'm really excited about today's show. I think all of us will agree that 2020 will go down as the year of change, a year of renewal. Our lives will never be the same. We are now in the most important time of the year as a Christian, Passover and Easter. This year, you and I are going to be huddling in our homes for both Passover and Easter. The churches around the world will be empty. That statement alone is almost impossible to believe. To celebrate the resurrection of Jesus in our home, wow, I I think it's prophetic. It's like we're transported back in time to the first century churches where church took place in the homes. Now, God's up to something, and I look forward to being a part of whatever he's going to do in the year 2020. Now, you are going to really be blessed by today's show. My guest is going to take you behind the curtain of Passover and Easter, and also Easter known as Resurrection Sunday. On the phone is my guest, Christy Johnson, who is an author, speaker on Bible prophecy, and she's written a book entitled End Times in America. Good morning, Christy. How are you? Hi, yes, Ron. I'm doing wonderful, and it is really a privilege right now to be sharing with other people, uh, but at the same time, we hope that they are being safe and well, and uh, it is an important time, just like you said. As I opened up, Christy, did you ever think in, in your time, and I know you're not a spring chicken, but you know, <laughs> you've been around a little while, and I just say that because in all the years that you've lived, I've lived, did you think that we would ever see a day when all the churches would be closed? Absolutely not. It's uh, something that has never occurred in my lifetime, and I dare say uh, it hasn't occurred probably in in at least a hundred years in America. And the only time I can think is when there was a uh, flu epidemic in 1918. But you know what? I'm not sure that the churches were closed then. No, I think I was, I think we're it's like we're being transported back to the first century. Speaking of yeah. first century and before, uh, back in the Old Testament, I want to know a little bit about what Passover is. What is so important about Passover and the significance of Passover that ties us into Easter? Well, I think the first thing that I would say that's the most important part for us as believers in Jesus Christ is to understand that when we talk about the Last Supper. That actually was a Passover supper that Jesus Christ was observing with the disciples in remembrance of the Passover that took place when God set the children of Israel free from their slavery and bondage uh, that they had been in in Egypt. So that Passover was being celebrated by Jesus right before the time of his betrayal, and that led to his crucifixion, 
And we remember these seasons come very close together, and that's why. Now, the original Passover, now what I remember, uh, and I'm not a scholar of that, uh, the Israelites are huddled in their homes, and uh, it's uh, there's a plague that's uh, going across the land. Uh, the the firstborn of the Egyptians are uh, going to be killed, and um, the Jews are told to put blood on their doorposts, so the angel of death will pass. Now, there's some significant, some little imagery in that about the uh, about Jesus, isn't there? Absolutely, Ron. This was something that God had ordained for the people of Israel, the Jewish people, to do in order to show their faithfulness to God. Remember that this last plague, this plague of the death of the firstborn, was coming over all the land. Some of the other plagues that had preceded it only came upon the uh, Egyptians, but didn't affect the children of Israel. But this one was going to pass over the whole land. And God gave them specific instructions about how they were to bring a lamb into their home. And they were to have that perfect, unblemished lamb that they would sacrifice. They would take the blood and put it over the doorpost as the signifying to God that they were repenting and trusting him to protect them. This was their only protection from this death angel, that blood that was on the doorpost. And then they were to eat that lamb. So this sacrifice and this night when these people were huddled together, and the Jewish people remember that even today as a night that is unlike any other night when the death angel was passing over. We kind of feel like that now. You know, yeah. you think about that now, huddled together and trusting God right now and this season where we recognize the resurrection of Jesus Christ was like that day when God set those people free and allowed them to go free from the Egyptian bondage. Listeners on the phone is Christy Johnson, who's an author and speaker on Bible prophecy. She has taken us uh, a little behind the curtain of Passover and Easter. Now, you tell the story of Passover, the first Passover, and now you fast forward up into where Jesus is riding in, and he's going to be the sacrificial lamb. So kind of tie that together with the first Passover. Yes, when this lamb that was ordered to be slain and the blood to be put on the doorpost, this was literally a picture that God was painting for the Jewish people for the children of Israel to remember that God delivered them. God saved them from death, the death of the firstborn, that every family, they treasured their firstborn, and even the animals were affected in this. So all of these things were a picture of how the Lamb of God would come. And they'd already been told about this. This is not something new. The gospel appeared in the Old Testament and symbols of it repeatedly, but this is probably the most powerful one, that the blood would be put on the doorpost just like Jesus, and the blood that he shed is applied to our life to deliver us from death and bring us into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ and into life and a home in heaven where we'll have eternal life. So this is uh, the two things that go together that bring us to that place of recognizing God's grace and his deliverance in the midst of catastrophe. And Ron, it's important to know the world is in a catastrophe right now. 
but it's always been a catastrophe for mankind to die and not know Jesus. Right. You know, and I think of uh, John the Baptist when he saw Jesus for the first time, he says, behold, the Lamb of God. And then you go back to the Passover where you said the Egyptians, the first Passover, had a lamb in their house and their lamb had to be with out spot or blemish. Now you go up to the day that Jesus is going to be crucified. And I remember that the, uh, was it Pilate that said, I find no fault with him. There was no spot in blemish on the lamb of God that was going to be sacrificed for you and I. And I think it, it just, when I see and think about these pictures, it just brings everything to life to me. What about you? Oh, absolutely. Um, the Bible is so full of rich, you know, the pressure, the presence of God through the reading of the Word of God. This is where we see these pictures and Jesus as the unblemished Lamb of God. And John announced it. I'm so glad you brought that out because they knew there would be a Lamb of God to come. And John announced it. And then when Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. He had done no wrong. He had committed no sin. He was standing as a perfect lamb before God, and yet he was to be the one sacrificed, just like that lamb in the Passover was a perfect lamb who had done no wrong, right. but yet was sacrificed for yeah. these Jewish people, and Jesus sacrificed for all who will accept him as their hope of salvation and forgiveness of sin. Listeners, uh, a special Passover Easter program today on the phone is Christy Johnson, who is author and speaker on Bible prophecy. And uh, she's kind of taking us behind the scene of Passover and Easter. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Easter and why everything about Christianity is about Resurrection Sunday. Back in one minute. We all need encouragement. Encouragement does one of two things. It either frees us from the trouble we fear, or it gives us the strength and courage to meet the trouble when it comes. If you would like to receive a weekly text message of encouragement, simply text the word INSPIRE to 51660. That's INSPIRE to 51660. Our messages will encourage, inspire, and empower you on your journey through life. Life is tough. Be encouraged. Welcome back, listeners. Today is a special program about Easter, Passover, and my guest is Christy Johnson, who is an author and speaker on Bible prophecy, and we're talking about the Passover and Easter. Now, we had... Um, uh, Christy, we before the break, Jesus had come in. He was uh, examined by Pilate. They found nothing wrong with him. He had no spot and blemish, has the Lamb of God. And then it comes time to put him on the cross, and he died and the it finished part. But I thought that it was very um, important to remind the listeners that the time of his death and the day of death, can you go into a little more detail on that? Yeah, um, the fact that we talked about this Passover meal being shared with the disciples, the remembering of the deliverance of the children of Israel because of the blood of the lamb, the perfect lambs that they had slain. And the Jewish people were commanded to observe this again every year. The Word of God is very clear that they were commanded to observe this. 
uh, in generations to come. And there Jesus was, and he was observing that with his disciples, and he was trying to let them know, because he said, here is the bread, my, my, my body broken for you. They, they didn't comprehend it. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you. He was sharing that with them, and yet their eyes were kind of blinded. And ultimately, after he went in triumphantly into Jerusalem, which was as we celebrate Palm Sunday, only a week later, there he was. Uh, well, it, less than a week later, he was crucified, he was falsely accused, he was beaten, he was brutalized, and all of that he had told the disciples would happen to him. And then he was put into the grave, dead. My gosh, they were in shock. They didn't know. How could these things be? He said he was the Lamb of God. He is the King. How did this happen? They still couldn't put it together. But when he was raised from the dead, that is what we celebrate on Easter, but it's also called Resurrection Sunday, to have Jesus Christ resurrected. Then this was the evidence that their faith in him was justified, that he was truly the Son of God, the Lamb of God, and that they could put their faith in him, that he was not just a human, he was God manifest in the flesh, and our sins forgiven because of his sacrifice, their deliverance because of his blood that was shed, and that is our deliverance as well. And if we can remember that wrong right now, I think it's very important as we are dealing with a worldwide pandemic, something that has never happened before. Like you said, the churches are closed. We can hardly go outside without being uh, guarded, about contact with other people. It's so isolating. And yet, in our isolation, we still have Jesus Christ because he was raised from the dead. When he ascended into heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit, and he said, I will come and dwell with you. I will be with you. I will come in and sup with you. That is the miracle of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that now we have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit he sent to us to come and live in our hearts and to be in this place with us, even when we're all alone. That wow. is amazing to me and encouraging to me. You're not alone. Jesus is with you. Recognize him taking this time to sit down and eat with you and sup with you and seek him and, and give yourself a chance to get to know Jesus Christ better. That's the opportunity we have here now and our faith in his resurrection and our belief and understanding of his sacrifice, his love for us, his forgiveness of sin. This is the time to look at that and realize that's the only hope the world has. That's truly the only hope we have. Listeners on the phone, Christy Johnson. Uh, she's my guest today talking about Easter and uh, Passover. She speaks on Bible prophecy. And uh, we'll have to have you back uh, on one show, Christy, and talk about uh, prophecy. But uh, I believe a lot of people are saying that everything that we're seeing right now happening in the world is part of Bible prophecy. Now, we don't have a whole lot of time to go into that, but uh, is that true or false? Well, I do believe it is, because this is a worldwide situation that's never occurred before. Remember, Ron, 
when we went through Katrina here on the coast, many people were very challenged, both Christians and non-Christians, even atheists. It was a devastation that hit our coast. And for that devastation, some people came to faith in God that they never had before, and others were embittered. But all of these things that happened in America, 9-11, people repented and came close to God for a short time, and then they kind of went back and got careless in their faith. I, I don't know what you call it, but we kind of forgot to stay close to Jesus. I believe that God's allowing this as a call to all humanity to draw close to Him. Yeah, what is um, the, I don't have the exact scripture verse, uh, Second Chronicles, uh, if my people who are called by name, my name, I see this prayer popping up all over different parts of Facebook and uh, different uh, social uh, media posts. Well, you know what, that is a very, very appropriate and amazing scripture, but when you look at the whole thing in context, what you understand as this was a message that was delivered to Solomon when he had completed building the temple. And what I want to say is, remember that the, the, the New Testament tells us that we're the temple of God, that his temple is not a building, it is in the hearts of those who are believers, we're the body of Christ, the temple of God. And so when Solomon completed the temple, the Lord gave this promise, and this promise was that if plagues came upon the land, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Why would we humble ourselves? There's a plague coming on our land. But it says to humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways. Then I shall hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. Do you know what that is? The only hope we have is if the people who are called by his name will humble themselves, we will see this land healed. And and when we say, uh, if my people, he's talking about the church. He's not talking about the non-Christians. He's talking about the church standing up and becoming the church and turn away from those distractions and those wicked ways and put him as their first love once again, as they did the first time they came into a relationship with him. Yes, because we also know that Solomon was cautioned about this. He was told this. This was a temple of God that was a structure that was destroyed uh, in the first century. And when that temple was destroyed, that temple uh, was no longer available to Solomon. But the temple of God in the hearts of those who are believers, that temple exists today. And that is why that word is on us as those who are called by his name. Amen. Solomon, Solomon went astray. I want you to know he fell into sin. He didn't listen to the Lord. And we need to remember, we have to stay faithful to the Lord. And maybe this time just calls us back to that faithfulness to remember all the blessings we had. You know what? Right now, people are thinking about the blessings that they had before this all started. They're thinking about the freedom they had before this started. They're thinking about the fact they could go and assemble with other believers before this happened. We need to count our blessings, so to speak, and ask God to renew and restore us. Absolutely. And Christy, one last thing before we go. Tying back into Easter, as a reminder, when Jesus' last words, he said, it is finished. And at that time, the curtain, the veil in the temple was torn in half, which meant now that gave us access where before only the holies of the holies, the only uh, the pre- high priest could only go into the holy of holies. But when that veil was torn, 
That was a symbol now that we have access into the presence of God. Is that correct? Yes, Ron. Um, What that was saying is that the Israelites who had these priests and the operation of the temple for uh, offering sacrifices, that was ending. It's finished. Now the new covenant that was paid for, as Jesus said at the Last Supper, this is the new covenant in my blood. That is how that was paid for. And it was paid for in full and finished. But I like to remind people as well, the thief on the cross was given forgiveness right there simply because he repented and turned his heart toward Jesus. And that is what this is all about. Repentance and forgiveness is no longer an operation of trying to keep the law and then repenting and offering sacrifices. No, now it is to turn with our whole heart towards Jesus Christ. And that penalty for sin, those sacrifices, they're all encompassed in his death on the cross when he said it is finished. He paid the full price. Well, Christy, so well put. I am uh, sorry we're out of time, but what a way to end uh, our segment with you. And Christy, uh, you are on uh, Facebook, are you not? Is it uh, End Times? How can people follow you? End Times in America? Absolutely. End Times in America. And that's my Facebook. And uh, it's uh, open if you want to follow or follow me please do i love it well thank you christy and uh, we'll have you back on another program to talk about in times in america uh thank you so much for christy and you have a great resurrection sunday god bless you god bless everybody god bless you ron thank you what's your story we're looking for stories of hope and overcoming life's struggles with god's grace Your story validates God's love, mercy, restoration, and forgiveness. We want to help you share your story with the world. Visit our website, thepromoter.org, and click on the Share Your Story link and submit your story. Your testimony of God's amazing grace will change a person's destiny for eternity. Go sit in the corner and don't you dare move. I dreaded those words from my mom when I disobeyed. Could we be in a moment in time where our Heavenly Father is putting the world in a timeout corner? Billions of people just like me and you are huddled in their homes wondering about the future. Could it be that God's children have strayed off course? Have we focused on wealth, self-gratification, and the pleasures of life to the point that God said, time out? Now, my mother didn't punish me by sending me to the corner because she hated me. She did it because she loved me. She didn't want me to miss out on God's purpose for my life. Could 2020 be the year that God is saying to you and to I, I love you so much that I stopped the world just for you? Does God love us so much that he stopped our lives to give us an opportunity? to put him in our lives more than one day a week? God's plan for you and I is a divine destiny that is more than we can possibly imagine. A life of hope, a wonderful future, an abundant life, not of disaster, but of great things that God has for each of us. Perhaps we needed this time out to get our priorities in order and follow him to our divine destiny. You were created for for such a time as this. Have you been praying more lately? Have you been thinking about your future, your family's future? 
Have you made a promise to God that if he gets you through this, you will serve him? I believe his spirit is prompting you and I to reprioritize our life and make more time for him. I believe a timeout can be rest for the soul. The lack of busyness has stopped. We are open to hear his still, small, beautiful voice. That is, if we care to. This is our opportunity for a renewal, a rebirth of God's spirit flowing in and through you and I. If enough of us put aside our differences, we could possibly bring a spiritual revival across the planet. With that in mind, will you join me in this Passover and Easter season to repent of your selfish ways and ask God to renew your spirit, renew your purpose, renew your divine destiny? Fall into the safe and loving arms of your Heavenly Father. These unforgettable days will be scarred in our minds forever, empowering us to stay the course and continue to run the race so we can become the person God intended you and I to become. I feel led to pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I'm asking you to renew, restore, and re-energize the person listening to this broadcast. I pray that they will feel your supernatural spirit comforting them and let them feel your unconditional love. I pray for divine protection over our children, our grandchildren, so they can grow into the person that you created them to become. Place your hand on each of us and lead us through these turbulent times into the land of our divine destiny. We ask this in the name above all names, Jesus, Yeshua, the Christ, the Messiah, amen. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. Before I go today, I want to encourage you to become more intentional about your walk with Jesus. If you have not been sure about this God stuff, hey, I understand that. I was there. I've got the t-shirt. The answer isn't religion. It's not church. It's a one-on-one intimate relationship with Jesus, the Lamb of God who died just for you to give you freedom and an incredible divine destiny. He will take your bad and turn it to good if you just give him a chance. Forget what others might say about you. It's just you and Jesus one-on-one. Simply repeat this prayer for me if you'd like to ask him into your heart. Dear Jesus, I am ready to step into my divine destiny. Forgive me of my sins and shortcomings. Come into my heart and supernaturally transform me into the person I was created to become. I believe you are the son of God who lived, died, and rose from the dead. I commit my life to you today. Amen. Well, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for myself because every time I say that, I get fired up. If you prayed that prayer with me, congratulations, because your life will never be the same. I would love for you to email me, ron at promoter.org so I can send you some material to begin your journey. I want to do everything I can to help you in your walk. Until next week, this is Ron Myers reminding you to spend 
some time with Jesus this week. Get in the Bible. I recommend the book of John. It's a love letter, and he will help you get the hell out of your life. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope.